You're listening to Compassion Church Dixon Podcast. Because of the life that I live and the busyness that's been in my life the last two and a half, three weeks, I showed up uh, after Wednesday night into a prayer moment with God saying, God, I do not know what I'm preaching on the weekend, which is very rare. I usually know what I'm preaching on the weekend. I know what I'm preaching next weekend already now. So I'm, I'm usually very well rehearsed and very well prepared, but I wanted to be present in some of these moments that I was having in my, in my life. So because of being present in these moments, I wasn't studying and kind of putting my message together, but I knew that God was good. Amen? So Wednesday night, I went to bed, and my prayer as I go to bed is a prayer of confession, a prayer of, God, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything to preach for the weekend, but I, I'm, I'm seeking your face all day tomorrow, and I'm going to have my stuff in to shell by 3 o'clock, or she's going to knock me out. Come on, somebody. Right? And, and so I said, I, I'm, I'm going to get everything ready, and, and I'll go to sleep. I wake up Thursday morning singing the song that Kenzie has just sung, talking about worship is my song. It's our life. Worship is our song. And immediately, it was about 5.30, 5.45, I get up, I go get my computer. Uh, I mean, anybody get up at 5.30? Are you tired when you get up at 5.30? Yeah, me too. And if you're not, God bless you. Lay your hands on me. Amen, at the end of the service. But, I, but I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, okay. So, so I go into the living room, and I start typing a little bit. And honestly, the things I'm typing is not really what I'm going to preach. But I start getting my head in a specific direction. But with that song, God says, here's a game that people play. And I know you say, God says. But in my spirit, I'm feeling this. And I, I feel musical chairs. People are just playing musical chairs. Anybody ever played musical chairs before? Anybody? Yeah, we've played musical chairs. You know what musical chairs is? There's six people around the chairs. There's five chairs. The music plays. When the music stops, you fight for a seat. But there's going to be one individual that's going to have to walk away, right? They have to walk away because there's not enough seats for them. And as I felt that, I go, wow, there's music playing in our lives. And then the music stops. And when the music stops, there's somebody that doesn't have a seat. And instead of hanging out, they walk away. So today I just want to talk about musical chairs. I want to talk about what it looks like in our life when the music stops. What's it look like in your specific life when the music stops? When things are not going the way that you think that they should be going. When life hits the play button and you're rolling and you're rolling and you're rolling, and I'm talking even spiritually, you're spiritually there and you're like, oh, God is good, and you're singing this song and things are awesome, but the music stops. And then you go, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And then you find out and you go, whoa, 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 hey, hey, I guess there's not a seat for me at this table. I guess I'll just walk off. And I don't know if you've ever played musical chairs or not. And if anybody in here really knows who I am, am I competitive, yes or no? Yeah. Okay, yeah, thank you. I am very competitive, 
played uh, compassion softball for the first time this year. I can't even hardly walk up here. This is a show right now because I'm so sore. Uh, but we lost our first game, and I asked the coach, which is Stephen McLean. I think he's in here. I'm not really for sure. There he is back there. I asked the coach. I'm like, hey, do you play this, these people again? This is no joke, Stephen. You don't know this happened. And he says, yes, I think we play them next week. This week, right? Thursday? I think we play them Thursday. So I went up to one of the players, and I said, hey, have, have we ever beat you? And he goes, well, no. This was after the game. He said, no, you, you've never beat us. And I said, well, we will next week. And I told Stephen, I said, I said, I'm going to Hibbets. I'm going to come looking like a baseball player. I'm going to get me some pants and some cleats. And I'm going, because I'm competitive. But when you lose in this game called musical chairs, everybody laughs when you don't get a seat. And then you have to walk away. And what are you doing when you walk away? You're laughing with them. But if you're driven like me, I don't want to laugh. Because inside me, I'm like, play it again. Play it, play it again. Play it again. I will knock that 82-year-old lady off her seat next time. Play it again. Play it again. I'm, I'm going with elbows next time, you know. But so many times, the devil, when we feel like, because it's only a feeling, when we feel like we don't have a seat anymore, and the spiritual music stops in our life, and the devil's laughing, we can walk away victorious. How? Because the music may have stopped on the radio, but the music hasn't stopped in my heart. Because worship, listen, worship is a powerful thing. I got to get going here. Worship is a powerful thing. If anyone really understands worship, I think it would be Lucifer, Satan himself. Y'all know who Lucifer is, right? Worship leader in heaven, Satan Kicked out of heaven because he wanted to be God. He was trying to exalt himself above God. He got kicked out of heaven. And when he got kicked out of heaven, a third of the angels went with him. I could only imagine him looking back at God going, Oh, oh, you're going to kick me out of heaven? You don't think that there's any seat for me? You're going to kick me? Well, who's going to worship you now? And I could only see God reaching down after he's created the earth to answer that question with dirt going through his fingers and going, I don't know, let me see. I think they will. And it's been a constant struggle and it's been a constant fight from that point because the devil wants you to worship him. And when you're walking away and you feel like you no longer have a place in this game called musical chairs in the spiritual world, the enemy will draw you over to his side. Come on over here. I've got a song that you can sing. I've got some tunes that you can play. Come on, somebody, right? So what I want to do is I, I want to just break a few scriptures down. you got to go with me. You can't be distracted with Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Snapchat. Come on, somebody. You, you, can't, you can't do that and listen to this sermon and get out of it what God wants to give to you. Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 through 2. Listen to this. I think we see musical chairs being played here. It says, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. I think that's how you say it. And 70 of the elders of Israel, you are to worship at a distance. Someone say distance. Distance, distance. But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. He won musical chairs. He won the game. He now can go and be in the presence of God. 
See, some of you think that I, since I'm the pastor, I can go up the mountain and be in the presence of God. I'm telling you today, it doesn't matter if this is your first time here and you just came from the bar, you still smell like alcohol, you have access to the presence of God in your life just like I have access to the presence of God in my life. See, that's those songs. That's those, those songs that the devil plays that says, you know, you, you, you don't have access anymore. But listen, this is Old Testament. Things shifted when Jesus came on the scene. But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. But here's the cool thing. When Jesus said, it is finished, the Bible says there was an earthquake and the veil of the temple ripped from top to bottom. And when the veil of the temple ripped from top to bottom, that means that we have now direct access into his presence 24 hours of day and seven days a week. Jesus gave us the freedom. Hold on. Jesus gave us the freedom to worship him and respond to him at any point, in any place, at any time of the day. Come on. This this is Jesus. So when we approach life and the song stops, you don't have to go to a place of bitterness and hurt and pain and loneliness. You can still lift your hands. You can still worship. You can still praise a God who loves you. He's given us this freedom to do that. And here we find in 2 Chronicles chapter 17 through 20. I'm, I'm going to read this just for a moment, but I want to paraphrase. 17 through 20 of 2 Chronicles. Three different armies are joining together to destroy Judah. If you don't know what Judah means, I want to tell you. What does Judah mean? Praise. Pray. So there's several people in there. So this is a tribe, okay, one of the 12 tribes. And the tribe is the tribe of Judah. They have a king. His name is Jehoshaphat. And the enemy is coming after. Three different armies are coming after Judah. I want to tell you today, there are multiple armies from the enemy that is coming after Judah in your life. It's coming after praise in your life. And when I say praise in your life, I'm not talking about a Corey Asbury song. I'm not talking about Bethel music. I'm not talking about all of these songs that we sing. I'm talking about the song that you are singing with your life. There are multiple armies from the enemy that is coming to take your song away, to destroy praise in your life, to, to, to rule you out when the song stops and you walk off the stage. And Jehoshaphat's army, I want, you to, I want you to think about this. Jehoshaphat's army was over one million strong. That's a lot of people. Yet he was facing a big challenge where he was outnumbered and afraid. This is the king. These three armies are coming together. There's more in these three armies than a million people. I'm outnumbered. Anybody in here ever felt outnumbered? Come on, y'all talk back to me just a little bit today. I don't have an orphan heart or anything. Come on, that was a great sermon last week if you missed it. But, but he was outnumbered and afraid. Shame. Sometimes when we're outnumbered and afraid, we're shamed. We're embarrassed. We, we don't really want to mention the name of Jesus in the workplace now because we know that colleagues and people around us are going to look at us and go, oh, Jesus. So is it, is it this Jesus that is causing you to go through all the hell that's happening in your life right now? 
And sometimes we walk away when the music stops and we say, I'm outnumbered, I'm afraid, and there looks to be like there are no more seats for me. I think I'm just going to walk away from this. And I really sense it in the spirit today that there may be even some people in this room or maybe you're viewing in online and you're walking away. Great example by Melissa today with her son Kai. And some of you, you are walking toward the basement stairs. But God is over there going, I'm here. Come here. You may not, you may not hear my voice. Come on, Elijah. I may not show up the way that you've always seen me show up, but I'm, I'm showing up. What do you do when life has broken you? What do you do when you've been arrested by life? You feel bound when the odds are stacked against you. What do you do? Oh, oh this is one. When you don't feel like worshiping, what do you do? Anybody ever not felt like coming to church? By the looks of it, a few of them today. It's raining outside. It's raining. It, it's, it would be a cool moment when we don't allow the rain of life to keep us out of the presence of God. When we don't li allow the heat or we don't allow the coolness or we don't allow all of the other facets that this la life begins to throw at us, the obstacles that we face, it would be a great moment when we don't allow any of those things to affect our song. And you say, our song. And I'm not talking about words. I'm talking about your life. Your life is a song. It's a song. But if you don't watch it, you are broken by a moment. Your worship is muted by circumstance alone. Come on. Say that. I got in my office on Thursday morning, and I had a moment with God. There was this song that came on. It was a Corey Asbury song. If you, don't, if you don't have this downloaded, you should. Corey Asbury, by the way, is Pastor Jimmy's cousin, nephew, nephew, cousin, something. I don't know. We, we still ain't got him here. Until he comes and leads worship for us, he is no kinfolk to you. <laughs> pressure. It's pressure. The song is called Reason to Praise. Have you ever heard that song? If you haven't, download it today. If you got Apple Music, just go and, and, and Google, or, or not Google, but search Reason to Praise. And I want you to listen to the words of this song. And he still, he, the chorus is, I still got a reason to praise. When I'm at my end, he's just getting started. That's what the song says. When I'm at my end, he's just getting started. When the music stops, he is just getting started in your life. Come on. He's the God of breakthrough when I'm breaking down. That's another part of that song. When I'm in the midst of my lowest valleys, he's still on the throne. When the doctor has told me that I've got cancer, he is still on the throne because he is a good God. He's a God who heals us, delivers us. Man, when I read that and I'm talking about and thinking about this musical chair stuff, I just felt in my spirit this ain't something that I pulled up on the internet and got, but I, 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 this comes to my spirit. If you don't have a place to sit, you'll always have a place to kneel. You always have a place to kneel. 
And if you go back to 2 Chronicles, Jehoshaphat, the king, you know what he did? Outnumbered, fearful, shamed, embarrassed, didn't know really what he was going to do. Here's what he did. He proclaimed a fast. Not only did he proclaim a fast and begin to pray to God, but as they were fasting, he reminded God of who he is. Go back and read it. Sometimes you just got to get in your prayer closet and go, God, you're the God who healed all throughout Scripture, and you're the God that's going to heal me. If I don't get my healing on this earth, when I split through those doors of heaven, I will be completely healed, but I proclaim healing right now in the name of Jesus because you're a good God. And if you brought them out of Egypt, you'll bring me out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. They just sat there and they began to remind God of who he is. And then they did something that was very special. They confessed that they did not know what to do. Sometimes that's our problem. When we don't find a chair here, we go back and try to figure out a chair to find. And we try to figure out life's obstacles ourselves without Jesus. And King Jehoshaphat taught us a great lesson in 2 Chronicles from chapter 17 through 20 because now he's sitting here and he's going, God, we don't know what to do. And the Bible says this, and I think this is very profound, that they turned their eyes to God. Who are you singing to? Who is your song? Directionally, where is your song pointed See, I think that what King Jehoshaphat did is he created amongst the people an atmosphere of success. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15, it says, He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Wow. The battle's not yours, it's God's. And we've heard sermons about that, and that's good, and it makes us tickle, and that's awesome, you know. But then if you read the next verse, it says, now go position yourselves. Position yourselves. Don't walk away. Why are you walking away? Don't you dare walk away. You stop. Position yourself. And then he goes on in the next verse, verse 18. He says, Jehoshaphat bowed down. This was the position with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before his, or, or before the Lord. So here, they're not walking away. They're bowing down before God. They get in his presence. And it's in his presence that we gain the victory in our life. You don't gain victory by walking away. That's a defeated soul. Some of you, you have been walking away spiritually from things that God is calling you to in your life. You've got to quit walking away. You don't gain the victory by walking away. You gain the victory by getting in the presence of God. Amen. It's in the presence of God that he rolls the stones away in our life, that he sends this peace that we talk about that surpasses all understanding. This is the place, thank you, Ben. This is the place that you discover that the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. And when you get to that place, crazy, miraculous things begin to happen. Let's look at some of them. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22. This is the same story. As they began, someone say began. Say it one more time. Third time's a charm. 
you got to start. As they began. Maybe your issue is that you've not started. Well, it got quiet in here now. But it's okay. Because some of us, we hear the word of God, but we don't do the word of God. We hear that we don't need to walk away, but we continue to walk away. The only thing that we can hear in our spirits because we've been muted by the devil is that there's no chair for us. Well, maybe there's no chair for you now because God's taking you to another table. He's taking you to another place. A place of victory, a place of success. And I'm not up here some prosperity preacher and this and that and trying to preach all the candy-coated stuff. It's going to be hell on earth sometimes for you. How do I know? Because it's been hell on earth for me at times. I've been ran down. I've been lied about. I've been cussed out. I've been all of that since I've been a pastor. Some of it's happened in the church. I got cussed out one time after church. How about that? Go get them apples. I'm serious. He may be watching, but I literally got cussed out. We had a big event one time, and I got cussed out out on the parking lot, and Dr. Damon White, he attends our church. He views it in online. And Dr. Damon come up to me and said, you don't need to be out here anymore. Because does that distract you from preaching the word? I mean, this guy let me have it, and it was about how the bathroom didn't flush the way he wanted it to flush. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness gracious. But sometimes in the life, in all of the mess, come on, somebody. <laughs> you've got you've to come to the realization that I will start praising God with my life no matter what everybody says. Some of you, you are a brand new Christian and your old lifestyle versus the lifestyle you're trying to live now is totally different. So everybody around you knows you of your old lifestyle and now they're saying you're a fake, you're a phony, and all of that. And if you start allowing their song to influence your life, you'll go back and be the same man or woman. Don't you do that. You keep singing your new song. Because you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get ran down. You're going to get talked about. Leave that table. Maybe there's not a seat at that table anymore for you on purpose. Come on. And look, that wasn't even in my notes. You got that for free. So that's for somebody. But it says, as they began to sing and praise, listen to this, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, that's the three armies that was coming against them, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Now, now hold on, pull that back up just, just real quick. Let me, let me look at it over here. They were defeated. Now, we like reading that scripture. That part of the scripture we like. Anybody like that part of the scripture? Outside of me, I love that part of the scripture. And they were defeated. But how? See, I'm a how guy. I'm a strategist just, just by nature. I'm a strategist. I want to know how something happened. So if they were defeated, how? Because they began to sing in praise. So this is why the enemy keeps playing musical chairs in your life. He makes you think this is a game. This is not a game us people should play. Because when the music stops in life, 
That's where a megaphone comes out and some amplifiers on the inside of you comes out. And this music may stop, but this music is going to continue to praise God. Because here's what you got to understand. When the worship began, when they began to praise and worship God, it caused confusion in the enemy's camp. And they began to fight one another, and they destroyed themselves. Woo! My gosh, here's what I'm trying to tell you. If you will get a fire shut up on the inside of you and you'll start singing the song that God has put on the inside of you, there is nothing that the enemy can do that can hold you back. I'm telling you, when you sing that song, the enemy's going to be confused and he's going to defeat himself. I'm a little passionate about this one. That's why we cry, worthy. That's why we cry, worthy is the Lamb of God who is and who was and who is to come. That's why we cry out. And in the book of Revelation, you see the angels singing, holy, holy, holy. Oh, just remember those three words. It's the same one just repeated three times when you're in the midst of the deepest, darkest hours of your life. Holy, holy, holy. Is God Almighty, the one who is. Come on, say that with me. Say, is. He is. He was and who is to come. For the glory and the honor and the power belong to him forever and ever. Amen. Yes. Guys, I'm going to tell you, there is a worship that changes everything. Everything. I want you to think, forget about who you came to church with today. Forget about all of that stuff. Don't you focus on anybody else right now. You focus on you and you alone. There is literally a worship and a song in you that can change everything about you. It can change every situation that you're dealing with. It can change every relationship that you have. It can change your very being. There's a worship that can change everything. There is a worship that will break chains off of your life. Some of you, you feel a little free. You want to know why? Because the enemy's got a 50-foot chain wrapped around your neck, and you're only about 20 foot, and you've gotten used to that chain, and you're sitting out here, and you can walk around a little bit, and you feel like that you're free. But when you start running, toward the call of God on your life, you're going to be yanked to your feet, to your back, actually. You're going to be yanked to your back when you hit 50 feet because the enemy's bound you. But this type of worship, this can change that. It can break the chains off your life. Acts chapter 16, we see, this is a New Testament parallel of what we've been talking about in the Old Testament. But in Acts 16, we see where Paul and Silas, they were locked up in prison they, they were ministering the gospel. They had just rebuked the devil, and the people didn't like it. The people of the city didn't like the rebuke of, of the lady that they rebuked, and, and here they are. They cast the devil out of a lady. And here, here's what happens in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. They're in prison, but at midnight, which is, is in representation of the deepest, darkest moment, at midnight, Paul and Silas, what were they doing? Oh, the Bible says they were complaining and wishing they would have never served God. Now, at the deepest, darkest hours, they knew what could free them. They could still be bound, but free. 
Y'all with me? They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I think that is a very interesting thing because I want you to know that there are people in your life right now that are listening to your life's song. They're watching you. They're watching your every move. They see the turmoil that's begin to happen in your life. They see that the spouse just handed divorce papers, and they are waiting to see what kind of song is going to be sung by this woman or this man that is saying, hey, man, you ought to give your life to Jesus. I'll tell you what, Jesus the best thing ever happened to me. What about now? What song's coming out your mouth now? See, the truth is it should be the same song, but not always is it the same song. I know it hasn't been in my life. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. But these guys had every reason to throw in the towel, but they found a reason to praise. They found a reason to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. I don't care how broken you are. Keep worshiping God. I don't care how many times you failed. Well, I guess this life is just not for me because every time I get up, I fall right back down. Well, get back up. I heard a man say it like this. He said, if you fall seven times, get up eight. That's all you got to do. If you've fallen 138 times, get up 139. Keep marching. Keep singing your song. Keep praising God. Keep worshiping him. Come on. I, I, I really don't care what you're struggling with. Keep worshiping him. Keep fighting. Keep praising He's worthy of our song. He's worthy of our song. Will you say that with me? Say, he's worthy of our song. Come on, he's worthy of our song. See, worship sets the atmosphere. It sets an atmosphere. You can't worship and worry at the same time. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been in the midst of, I'm talking about snot worship, and I don't know if y'all have done this before. I've snotted in worship driving to Nashville. I've snotted in worship. Some people think I'm crazy. Sometimes I'll be in the gym. If I'm in the gym working out or if I'm thinking about something, or if I got my iPods in and I'm just listening to something or if I'm just being led by the Spirit, sometimes I just cry. I wonder sometimes if some of the people at Planet Fitness think, my gosh, this guy, he's like an emotional basket case. Some days he's butterflying around and shaking hands, and the other days he's, <laughs> you're so good, God. As we, enter into as we enter into worship, stress goes down. Some of you, you need to be less stressed. You're living a stressful life. God don't want you to do that. But the more we worship, the bigger God gets, the bigger he becomes in our situation. Psalm chapter 34 says this, 34 verse 3. It says this. Pull that up on the screen if you don't mind. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify. That word magnify is to get bigger. It's like having a magnifying glass. Some of us that need glasses now, we understand. That got a little bit clearer when I did that. Magnify the Lord with me. Exalt his name forever and together. Our vision of who God is when we walk away, when the music stops in our life, our vision of who he is gets bigger. And if your problem looks bigger than your God, 
then you're looking at, looking at it through your lens and not his. You're, you're facing it in your presence, not his presence. Come on. Worship is the posture of our hearts. I text Kenzie this week and I said, Kenzie, tell me something. T tell me what worship is. Because she's our worship director. I said, tell me what worship is. And she began to, to text me back because I said, worship is blank. Fill the blank in. However many times you want to, fill the blank in. And I've got it written down here where she said, worship is a lifestyle. Worship is not a 30-minute segment at church. Worship is not, oh, well, well, I got into my prayer time and I listened to a couple songs this morning and I worshiped God. Now, when you go to the restaurant in a minute, you're going to be worshiping God. And the song that you sing, your waitress is going to listen to. Are y'all with me? Because some of us, we sing Christian music in here, and we sing explicit lyric music out of here. Y'all didn't even catch that. Anybody raised in the 80s, 90s? Okay, come on. Uh, you Corey Asbury in here and Snoop Dogg out there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. <sighs> lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. She went on and said, worship is connection with God. This is your worship director preaching this sermon just for a moment. It's connection with God. It's remembrance. You remember when Jehoshaphat began to remember and tell God who he was and what he has done? Come on. Sometimes you just got to read your Bible. You want answers to your life's questions? Read your Bible. Get over yourself. Quit saying it's too difficult to understand. So was your wife, but you learned her. Come on. Right? So, so was your husband. You learned him. So, so you got to fall in love with Jesus enough to know, okay, i got to read about this man. I've got to learn about this. I've got to allow this word to penetrate my heart to change who I am. And sometimes you just got to go back and go, I remember my grandma saying that you are good. Now read about it, because he's good. She said it's honor, it's adoration. The last thing she texts me is worship is the posture of your heart in everything you do, say, or think. And I thought, wow, you want to preach Sunday? Then I thought, well, that'd be the third week in a row I didn't preach, so I better not do that. Because people are attached to man these days. And if man don't preach, they may not show up to church. Oh, I'm sorry. That was in my heart. I just needed to get that out. Bless him, Jesus. Because it shouldn't matter who's preaching. We're here for Jesus. We're not here for Jamie. We're not here for this team. We're not here for anybody else. We're here to see what God has to say. It's this lifestyle. It's this posture of our heart. A lifestyle of worship represents freedom. Kenzie, you better come on out or I'll preach another 30 minutes. Acts 16, verse 26, this is the latter part of what we just read about Paul and Silas. It says, suddenly, someone say suddenly. Suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all, say all, all, all the doors were opened and everyone, say everyone, everyone's chains were loosed. What is the result of our praise and worship and our song that we want to sing to God? What is the result? You getting freed and people around you getting freed. 
Not one time in Scripture did it say Paul and Silas was preaching or singing. Paul and Silas were praising, and everyone in the prison began to sing along with them. Not once did it say that. See, you're waiting for your husband to come to church, and you're waiting for him to start singing a song before he shows up. He ain't singing a song. And it may be because you're not singing the right song around him for him to even desire to sing his own song. But I'm telling you, if you'll just sing your own song and you'll just point everything that you have, your whole being back to God, revival's coming. People's chains are being loosed. And that's my prayer over this community. God reminded me of it this week. I was a weepy mess in my office. Actually, Amy, she was sitting at the front desk on Thursday, and I go down about 11 o'clock, 11.30, and uh, actually it was about 10.45, because God just, boom, gave me this message immediately. But I went down about 10.45, and I said, you couldn't hear me, could you? And she said, hear you do what? And I'm anxious to see if she actually could have, because I was a weepy mess. And God was reminding me that revival is coming. That an outpouring of His Spirit is coming. That we can look around today and see a few empty chairs. But as I was in my office, I began to pray. And as I prayed, I closed my eyes. And I saw cars backed up down 70. And the parking lot here completely full and packed to capacity. And I seen people outside waiting to get in. I seen chairs in the lobby with seats in the lobby. And people sitting in the lobby just to hear the gospel. Because revival is coming. An outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming. And church, he is worthy of our song. He's worthy. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. Can you get the, is the whole band here? It's like everybody, if y'all can hear me in the back, everybody come on the stage. I want your microphones and all that. We're not going to keep you long. I want to pray a prayer with you just real quick. Bow your heads, close your eyes if you don't mind. If you're online right now, I'm, I'm speaking to you too. Maybe you've played musical chairs and you walked away. There was no seat for you, you walked away. And now that you walked away, you have found yourself living a life that you know you should not live. I'm not going to drag this altar time out. I'm not going to drag this call to salvation, this call to come back and run to Christ out. I'm not going to do that because you know, everybody under the sound of my voice, you know who you are. You're not singing the right song. You're not giving Jesus your life. You're not pouring yourself out before God. If that's you and you want to repent of that, you want today to be a marker in your life to say this is the turning point, raise your hand right now. Don't hesitate. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, wherever you're at, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Yes, 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 yes. Anybody else? Yes. Come on. I see you up there. I see you. Yes, say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today I've been marked by your love by your grace, by your mercy. Today, I have come to the knowledge that I need to change. I can't live this life any longer. I confess my sins, and I turn my life over to you. And I'm thankful that you are faithful and you're just 
to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Your will be done in my life from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God a big hand clap today? Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Compassion Church Dixon, go to our website, CompassionDixon.Church. If you would like to become a monthly financial partner, go to our website and click Give. Join us on Sundays in person or online and be sure to follow us on social media. Also, be sure to share this episode with someone or online and tag us. Until next time.